Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ja, då sitter jag här på Avis kontor i eh, Sundbyberg och jag sitter med Andrew Smith som är chef över eh, Sverige och Danmark. And now we're switching to English. And um, I always, when I'm in a cocktail party, I ask, what's your role in the system? Can you start with that question? Sure. So um, my role is I'm general manager and managing director for Avis in Sweden and in Denmark. Um, so we operate both countries separately. We have our own teams in in Denmark and our own teams in Sweden. And my role is to look after our our employees, our teams, and of course, most importantly, our customers in both markets. Okay, we'll get back to the customers in both markets. Avis, it's one of the most uh, famous brands in the world. Uh, tell me a, bit, a little bit about the brand story of Avis. Yeah, Avis as a brand was invented just over 70 years ago when a guy called Warren Avis was waiting for a, a taxi um, from an airport and he said there has to be a better way. Um, and from there he had the, the vision, the idea to create a, a way that the customer could travel on their own to their destination and really that's where the, the rental car industry came from. I think um, the the industry now is is most familiar for, for its rental cars but even with Avis we have a different brands that offer different services to customers so from you know, our budget brand that we operate here in Sweden um, which is more for the value conscious traveler um, we have car sharing brands as well which is increasingly a, a big feature in the marketplace so um, it's gone a long way from the 70 years but it all goes back to standing outside on the airport on a rainy day um, 70 years ago and um, having the idea of we must give customers a better way to get to their destination. I have been standing in airports uh, many times waiting for my rental car and there's always somebody trying to sell me an insurance and I do I it's like I hate to pay this insurance I have made a deal on the internet and then somebody's trying to sell me an insurance and it's why can't you just uh, skip this? <laughs> Yeah, it, insurance is a product that some of our customers like to take and some don't. Um, so, you know, when you take a rental car, it comes with a basic level of insurance. Some customers would prefer to take full insurance and, and that gives them full protection against any damages or any accidents. You know, cars are expensive assets. They're getting more and more expensive over time. And when you talk about electric cars, environmentally friendly cars, they're more expensive than ever before. So some customers like the choice of being able to take the insurance products. You know, others prefer to, to take the basic insurance products and, of course, carry the risk. And uh, certainly at Avis, we don't, we don't try to sell the customer anything that they, they want. Um, we're very, I'm very proud, actually, that our customer satisfaction in Sweden is the highest of all our countries in Europe. So that does tell me that our customers um, are happy with the service they're getting. We can always get better, and, and we're always trying to find you know, ways to make the customer journey even faster, including increasingly by going directly to the car and not going to the counter at all, 
um, through a self-service process, which we certainly were just introduced here in Sweden. So that's a chance for any customer who doesn't want to come to the counter at all to go straight to their vehicle, which will save them that conversation if it's one that they um, wouldn't want to have or they're running short of time, for example. But my suspicion, suspicious, I'm suspicious that I think you make more money in the insurance than you make in the car rental. Am I, uh, am I totally out in the blue? Yeah, we, we don't. So um, the car rental market is very competitive. Um, you know, our pricing is very competitive, of course, so is that of some of our competitors. So we, we, we do have products that we sell to our customers based on what our customers tell us they want. Um, but insurance for us is it's a part of our proposition to the customer. It's entirely discretionary. You do get a basic level of coverage insurance on the product that you take. So if you want to take the, the additional insurances, that's completely your choice. Okay. Uh, Avis all over the world, uh, how much money are you making? So globally, yeah, we have a turnover of close to um, $9 billion dollars um, globally. And across um, our profitability on that is a little less than 8%. Um, so we'd, we'd like it to be higher. But it's a continuous battle, of course, in a very competitive industry. Um, in Sweden, we've gone through some tough times. Um, so in Sweden, the last few years, we haven't been making money. So we're in the middle or we're, we're some way through now our turnaround plan in Sweden, which is designed to make our business more effective, more, more efficient. You know, we've had to make some difficult choices. For example, this time a year ago, we had a significant fleet of vans. We've chosen to move away from vans right now in Sweden um, and focus on cars and focus on our core proposition to our customers. So Sweden, we're going through a bit of a journey back towards profitability, but there's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough market. There's still more work to do, but I, I really feel we're on the way to, to that success in the future. So why have you lost money? You lost 86 million last year. Uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, some of it included in that figure is some restructuring costs. So we went through a restructuring program and you know, we've, we took some decisions to, to make sure our business was more efficient for the future. Um, there's no one single reason. There's lots of reasons why. You know, we had some, some locations that weren't operating as well as they should have done. Um, certainly, we've worked very hard on our fleet deals. So we've got the best cars in the market for, for our customers going forwards. Um, and you know, some of that's taken some time and some costs. So the, the figures that you saw for last year, I'm, I'm confident were a one-off. And in the years that we go forwards, we'll see a significant improvement. Uh, when you go with Hertz, you often get a Volvo. When you go with Avis, what do you get for kind of car? It depends what you want. So, you know, our fleet right now, we have everything from a very small car, um, you know, something like a VW up all the way through to, to very high end Mercedes. We have Teslas on our fleet as well. Um, so, you know, we have a range of fleet. We have 16 different car groups. So within the 16 groups, there's all sorts of cars. If you ask me what the, the biggest car groups would are our mainstay, Um, of our groups, we have a, a very high number of environmental cars. About 30% of our fleet is environmental cars. And we tend to have Kias and VWs who fit into that category, as well as Teslas, as I mentioned. So there's, there's a real range. You know, most customers tend to take um, the, sort of the most popular car as a family-sized uh, hatchback. So something like a, a VW Golf-sized vehicle, a Ford Focus-sized vehicle. That's still our sort of our mainstay. But increasingly, we do find our customers want something different. So you know, right now, we've been focusing with a winter car in a Mitsubishi Outlander, which is a plug-in hybrid vehicle, four-wheel drive, which is proving really popular for the, the Swedish winter. Um, and we see a lot of customers wanting a different car, for example, in the winter than they may choose for their summer vacation car. Uh, you make uh, the two different groups, uh, accidents and uh, holiday. Uh, can you describe how big or small are and uh, describe the different categories? 
Yeah, we have, I'd probably say we have three major categories. We have corporate business, a business from companies who have a, a need to have hard hire. It could be people coming into Sweden, people traveling from within Sweden. And increasingly, we're even seeing a lot of consumers who, who choose now um, to, to not take a company car, for example, but to take a hire car through their company when they have to travel on business. Uh, and maybe that's the way of that consumer reducing their, you know, their own cost or perhaps moving from two cars to one car within their family situation, perhaps. So sort of corporate is, is one of our biggest segments. We have, we call it insurance and leasing, which as you say, is accident replacement primarily. That's a smaller segment for us. Um, that's not such a big share of our business, but um, we do work with workshops and insurance companies to provide that car to the customer. And then you have the sort of the leisure segment, as you call it. So people traveling into Sweden, very seasonal um, and you know, sort of very much dependent on the time of the year. And like I said, the demand for cars can be quite different, different size of car. You know, we have a need for big cabriolets in, in the summer, which you don't tend to get so much in the winter, for example. Um, and that's you know, around about half of our business is that leisure business. Um, and those customers come to us directly sometimes. They come to us via third parties. You know, we have partnerships with SAS and Norwegian Airlines, for example, um, and they, you know, their travellers um, choose Avis for, for their car rental needs. So it's very seasonal. It varies by time of the year. The, the insurance replacement business is bigger in the winter when the roads are icy than it is in the summer, for example. In the summer, we see business coming inbound um, into the big airports within Sweden from uh, overseas markets. Okay, we're here because you've made a report. Uh, what's the report about? So the report is about mobility, and mobility is probably, in my view, a slightly overused word. Everyone's talking about mobility, and what we found in the report, and we surveyed um, people across 17 countries to find how their needs are starting to change. So, for example, um, customers are telling us that they are they are less interested in the future of owning a car than they have been historically. So customers are saying if there's a the right proposition available to them, they will perhaps get away from car ownership. Now. A little interesting to compare sort of how the 16 countries compare with Sweden, because Sweden actually had a stronger attachment rate still around ownership than some of our other countries. Uh, and in Sweden also the, the, the... So you say Swedes want to own car more? Yeah, more than if you take some markets, you know, so the most extreme market, for example, was Singapore, where in Singapore uh, only about 15% of customers said actually in 10 years' time they expect to own a car. In Sweden still that figure was around about 40% who still expect to own a car. So it's still it's still a, a reduction, I guess, on where we are today. But um, Sweden was still more on the ownership model. But what Swedes told us in the survey was that... Um, they are less keen to share cars than perhaps in other markets. So perhaps people still like the idea of having their own car, whether it's a car they own themselves or whether it's a car that they access but still drive on their own. They're less keen perhaps on ride hailing and car sharing than perhaps other markets. Um, and the Swedes also told us that um, it would for them to uh, move away from having car ownership, um, they would really need to have quite a strong proposition that they felt quite confident in the partner a proposition they can trust, the car is there for them when they need it. Um, whereas in other markets, perhaps customers are prepared to take a little bit more of a risk and say actually they would consider more multimodal, different types of transport, um, more than Swedish people told us in the survey. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, I... Uh, I live in the center of Stockholm and I uh, we have uh, here now we have one company called IMO with car sharing and there's mm. been two companies before that and some fleet is a little bit in this area um, I love it but I can see that uh, uh, not many people uh, love it or like it or use it uh, what's the problem for the Swedish market would you say with this uh, kind of um, car sharing Yeah, car sharing is a topic where you need a lot of concentration of population, first of all. So it works a lot better in big cities where you've got a concentration of population. For example, we have a brand with an ABS budget group called Zipcar in London. We have about 800 Zipcars in London. And London has a concentration of nearly 10 million people. Um, Stockholm is far smaller. So it's quite hard for some of the car sharing companies to really make it work because you need to have a regular throughput of people into the car, using the car. And also it's a huge investment. You have to invest in a lot of cars to sit on the street before the customer starts to trust it. So there's always a, a case of, in English, we say chicken and egg. Which bit comes first? Do you have a fleet of 500 cars around Stockholm and all the cost before you get the customer? Or do you start to build the fleet up as the customers start to come? So customers need to to trust that they can again get that car on demand. So, But it's not an easy one. And for cities the size that we have here in Sweden, Stockholm, Gothenburg, you know, there are possibilities for car sharing, but it's a tough market. And that's why I think we've seen a number of customers, a number of companies, sorry, who've, who've been in these cities and actually have decided they couldn't make it work and have then moved away from it. So it, it's definitely an area that um, is still increasing. And we're seeing through our findings that customers are increasingly uh, prepared to come out of their vehicle and embrace things like car sharing. But it takes time and it takes a lot of trust. Uh, and in London, how many are you competing with in London? How It's like you have 800 cars in London. It says, I think... I'm now in Sweden have about, or in Stockholm have about two or three hundred. Mm-hmm. How many sharing cars are there in total in London? Would you say? Would you? Yeah, I think there's probably three big brands in London who are who we're competing against right now. But same as in Stockholm, in, in London we've seen various brands come and go. Um, so it has changed quite a bit over recent years. Um, Zipcar has been there for for a, a long while now and was actually there in a previous form through a, th- a previous ownership called uh, Streetcar. Um, which then became Zipcar, which is one of our global brands for car sharing. So it's um, 
at the moment there's sort of competition is three or four parties but it's changing all the time and and really we see whether the mobility world is going towards competition isn't just on car sharing it's against public transport it's against other means clearly it's around ride hailing which is an increasingly popular part of the the segment now for many customers what's that ride hailing so ride hailing would be typically uber or lyft in in some cities so where the customer is um a bit like a traditional taxi service but increasingly managing through technology so um yeah many people ask me how does car sharing compare and what's the impact it's having on car rental well they are quite different because the car rental customer typically tends to do a lot more miles you know our average um, customer is, is doing more than 100 kilometers per day in a car rental which is a very different use case for example using uber or lyft or one of the car sharing the, the um the ride hailing brands uh car traffic in the city is going down uh when did it start and why did it start I think in many cities, car traffic's been driven by improved public transportation. Um, so in a number of cities where we operate, we see that the, the, the expenditure on public transportation has been getting better. So customers are increasingly able to, uh, to not need to have their own car. I think a lot of you know, towns and cities are now making it difficult to have your own car um, through restricted parking, through very expensive parking charges, through, you know, we even know, and we actually work with um, some um, some uh, building companies who build new apartments in, in the old days they'd build 70 apartments and 70 parking spaces what they're doing now is building 80 apartments and maybe having 20 parking spaces and so every apartment doesn't get its own parking space but what they're often doing and we work for example with violence Dam, they're one of our partners and we provide a car sharing service that can be available on on that location so um, we're seeing that if you're a, an urban dweller um, you're more prepared now to operate without your own car. Um, you use public transport, you use car rental when you need it, you may use car sharing, ride hailing, you're using a, a variety of different means of transportation. And really that's sort of the way we see the mobility world. And from our side, we're we're looking to connect that up as best we can and build partnerships with you know, good companies who can offer alternative services to to give customers a choice because yeah, I'm, I'm the same. There are times when it makes sense to use a car. There are times when it makes sense to use the train or the plane or a scooter or different means of public transportation. So I think you know, we all increasingly look at our mobility needs, our movement in a different way. And we want different services that suit us depending on where we're going. I think the thing that I'm really excited about and I like a lot in Sweden is with such an, an amazing country and, and such a vast country in size and scale, there's a lot of places that you can only really get to by car as good as a public, tra- public transportation is. You know, some of the, the wonderful parts of Sweden and with my family, we've travelled around a lot, Sweden, since uh, since moving here. And, and some of these places you can only really get to by your own means of transportation. So I still think there's a good case for continuing to need to, to have access to a car to get to some of these amazing places that otherwise you wouldn't get to experience. So what uh, if you look at the report and say, look in the future, uh, what will happen and when will it happen? I think there's a number of things that are happening. I'd call it a gradual movement. I don't think it's quite as as um, significant as perhaps some some articles you you may read or hear about. I think the the mobility world is changing, but it's a it's a it's not a dramatic overnight change. I think people are getting increasingly comfortable with not having their own vehicle. They can share vehicles. They can gain access to vehicles in a different way. I think we yeah, people often ask me around what's happening on. Uh, autonomous cars and and um, driverless cars and yeah that's another good example which I think is probably some way down the path it's a great headline it's very sexy it's really exciting and we actually work with Waymo's partner um, Google's parent and owner 
who have their own autonomous car division. We're their partner in the US. We help maintain and support their fleet. But um, I still see that as being some way down the path. And I think certainly our research found that Swedes still like to, to have access to a car, to drive a car, uh, to take the car to places that otherwise they wouldn't be able to get to. So I think the whole the revolution is happening, but it's happening very, very slowly. This owning a car is uh, it's a very... I would say male uh, thing uh, and in Asia a lot of people are getting more money moving into the middle class uh, do you, or do they have the same eager to own a car as uh, uh, I I loved is it like a thought of owning a car is a very strong uh, feeling do do they have the same in Asia I think we, we there is still that mentality in asia a lot of people as the 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 middle class really booms in asia and and grows and a lot of people see car ownership as being part of their increasing prosperity i think we see more of a generational thing so i've got a a brother for example who's 19 years old and i remember when he was sort of 16 or 17 years old speaking to him and i remember when i was 16 or 17 years old i couldn't wait to buy my own car choose my car in advance it was a a second-hand pretty old car, but decide which car I want to buy and do my research and test drive some cars. I think, you know, my brother now, 16, 17-year-olds, they don't have the same need to own it. In fact, you know, he, he didn't have the same desire to pass his test the day that he became able to take it. I think the generations are changing. I think the, the younger generation are more interested perhaps in the technology behind it and how they can gain access to transportation solutions without necessarily owning something. And you see that with Airbnb, you see that with Amazon and some of the, you know, the, the amazing tools that are out there now that ownership is not perhaps the be all and end all that it was 20 or 30 years ago. So I think you know, we do see some differences in different parts of the world, but I think we see bigger differences between the generations that the younger generation don't have the same desire or need. They're prepared to share and, and actually um, gain access to services in a way that perhaps when I was that age, I, I wanted to own it and for it to be to be mine. Uh, okay, uh, what more could you tell us about your support that I have forgotten to ask about? I think um, you know, what I think we see happening across Sweden right right now is, you know, I mentioned the sort of the mobility shift, but I think you know, we're also seeing a a country where the environmental considerations are also becoming increasingly important. We're seeing that within our customer base, so we're investing very heavily in environmental vehicles and vehicles that can help customers reduce their output. And there are times when we all need to travel. It's about how you travel efficiently and, and effectively in a way that doesn't actually um, create a minimal effect on the environment and and in the, the world that we all contribute to. So I think that's a really big trend that we're seeing right now, really starting to grow in Sweden and Norway. We're seeing it less in other European markets. It's definitely something I think that's coming through more in, in this part of the world than in other places. So it's something we're listening to very closely and making sure we adapt our fleet and increasingly through environmental vehicles, through increasing the fleet of electric vehicles. You know, these are all sort of part of the proposition, again, that the, the consumer of tomorrow expects to have from their chosen car rental or mobility partner. Okay. Uh, is there something else that I should ask that I have forgotten to ask? Um, another question I get asked quite regularly is what's happening with connectivity in cars, um, that cars are increasingly absorbing a lot of data and using that data in ways they haven't done in the past. And it's something that, you know, we're at, at Avis, we're investing very heavily in, particularly with, um, we've got a fleet now of um over 200,000 connected cars globally. And those connected cars are designed to to work in a, in a different way. They can help um, use data in a way that the, the 
customer can get smarter choices, whether it's around how they travel, where they travel, and, and, and smarter choices in terms of the route they take, for example, or how they get from, from destination A to destination B. So connected cars are very important. What it's starting to enable is, is more of a self-serve journey. So um, part of our work we've been doing recently, including in, in, in our Lander Airport in Sweden, is we now have the ability for the customer to go directly to their vehicle, so bypassing the counter. Um, in a way where the customer can use their app and they can choose the car the moment they step off the flight or the train in other locations, for example, um, which enables them to then um, completely control the rental experience. So that's the other thing we see that our customers want to to bypass the counter more and more, to go direct to their vehicle, and, and they're very conscious of the 10 minutes or 15 minutes that they'll save, for example, in that process. So we're working hard to make sure our proposition reflects that. And we enable our customers to go directly to the vehicle if they want to. We still would love to see our customers at the counter. We have a fantastic team of well-educated, well great trained and delivering a fantastic level of service at the counter. So we're still very happy to welcome customers to the counter. But equally, if the customer chooses to go directly to the vehicle, then we're more than happy for that to happen as well. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.